ask, <clears throat> what is the connection between these two men? One man is very old, well over a hundred years old, and he's sitting there writing. The other man is old, but not quite that old, and he's sitting there reading. He's sitting there reading in his garden, actually, and he's looking around, and the sun is shining, the birds are singing, uh, he's conscious of uh, seeds that are starting to grow. Uh, it's a lovely day. 3,400 years between these two men. Anybody guess who the first one is? The first one is Moses. Moses, yeah. The end of his time in the wilderness, in the end of the 40 years in the wilderness, and uh, I think he's sitting there writing the first five books of the Bible. And the first one, of course, is Genesis. And uh, Genesis simply means that the title Genesis simply comes from the first two words in the book, which is in beginning. That's all it is. That's what it means, the beginning. And it's, of course, the beginning of many things. And chapter one, and if you haven't read them already, you may not have done. If you haven't read them, I encourage you to read them uh, after this or sometime today. Chapters one and two. And the first chapter from verse 1, chapter 1, to, to chapter 2, verse 3. I think the guy's got his, uh, his, uh, his chapter uh, division in the wrong place. Verse 1, 1 to 2, 3 is, is, if you like, a panoramic view of the creation. It's a wide angle, big picture of, of, of creation. And then from two, chapter 2, verse 4, to the end of that chapter, is, is, a, is a, a different angle, if you like. It's almost like a zoom in, um, on particularly on, on Adam and Eve and uh, their place in the garden. So let's, we're not going to read it all. In fact, we're going to read very little of it. It's up to you to read it. But we'll just read the first three verses of, um, of chapter 1 together. So I'll read them to you. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. The beginning, not the beginning of God, you notice, God's already there. The, the Moses, inspired by the Holy Spirit, as he writes these words, it's not, it's not God's beginning. God is just assumed to be there. He's always been there. But this is the beginning of life as we know it. And God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. Out of nothing, he creates something that is so vast we still can't get our heads and minds around it. And uh, yeah, I was just thinking, all the books, all the stuff that must have been written about the origins of the universe and our world, massive. I mean, I can't imagine how much there is, how high the pile of books would go if they're all stacked one on top of the other. And yet, in God's word, we just all we have is those few words, don't we? 
in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That's it. That's all there is. That's all it says. It doesn't tell us any more. It, well, it, it tells us a bit more about the process in a minute. All just summed up in that one phrase. In the beginning, God created the heavens. Fantastic, isn't it? Out of nothing. And the earth, we read, was formless and empty. The words themselves give us that picture of sort of chaos and confusion and darkness and emptiness. There's just no life. And then God speaks. And God speaks those words, let there be light. And there's this immediate result, isn't there? Something happens immediately in accordance with what God has said. And when he looks at what is the result, he says that it's good. And that sets the pattern for the next four days. God speaks, something happens, it's good. And that period, that day, ends. So we have the separation of space and water, separation of land and sea, vegetation, the sun and the moon, the life in the sea and the life in the air. That's all on the first five days of creation. And it happens, and it's good. And then day six is the animal world. And then we have a sort of <coughs> slight deliberate step change in verse 26. We've had this pattern of creation that follows through those first five days. And then we've got this, as I said, this pause almost. And verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God creates mankind, men and women, who together bear the image, the likeness of God. Not in his strength, not in his immortality, but in his personality, the fact that they are able to think, they are able to create, in a sense, in a, in a different way. They're able to communicate. They have that sense of love, uh, of justice, righteousness. And above, through all of that, they are therefore, unlike anything else in creation, they are able to fellowship with God. And God gives them that responsibility, doesn't he, to represent him, to rule over all of his creation. And God blesses them. And it's very good. That's what we read, don't we? At the end of day six. It's very good. <coughs> Please. Everything, everything I believe that's ever, ever existed was created then. Every species. There's not been any new species. There may be, there may be uh, changes slight changes within species as they adapt but everything that there's ever been was there in creation then and god did it all 
it's brilliant. It's breathtaking. There's no words that can possibly describe what has happened. And then God rests. Not because he's tired. Just because it's all done. It's all finished. God's the seventh day. Interesting, isn't it? That man's first day is God's seventh day. We're created on day six. So what do we have to do on day seven? Nothing. It's all been done. It's all been finished. And it's absolutely fantastic. And I just want to therefore put that as a sort of reflection for us today, and whether it's today or another day. Why don't we do what God did on that seventh day? Why don't we do in a sense, what they did, I believe, mankind did then. And that was simply to explore, to see, to enjoy, to look at all that God has done, and then to marvel and to worship. To worship God, our Creator. As I said, the second part, we're not going to look at it, my time's already gone, but in the second part from chapter 2, verse 4, is about Adam and Eve in this beautiful setting of a garden, not a back garden. This is a vast space, probably somewhere in northern Persia. It's, it's called the Fertile Crescent, a wonderful place where things grow wonderfully well. In the Garden of Eden, the word Eden means delight. This was a fantastic place. And God gave it all for them to enjoy and to work in, just with one restriction, just one. Everything else was for them to enjoy, but one thing for their own good, they were not to touch. Would they believe God? Would they accept his authority? In closing, secular history, doesn't it? And this came out just, just this, well, it happened, you see it all the time in terms of the TV. David Attenborough and, and fellow and, 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 and the like. Secular history is, is painted as a huge history of billions of years, right? And then right at the very end, in these last few thousands of years, men, mankind, appears. It's almost like in a football game that the substitutes brought on at the 19th minute, yeah? The game's all over, really. <laughs> it's already happened. All of the 90 minutes has already happened. And the substitutes brought on just at the end doesn't really make any difference. And that's the sort of picture we get. And of course, that we're ape-like. You know, even this week, David Atten was saying, we're going to be talking about the apes. Man's nearest relatives, is what he said. The <laughs> thing is, the picture from Genesis 1 and 2 is not like that at all, is it? Mankind is the center of his creation. It is the absolute pinnacle. Mankind created to be in fellowship with God, to walk with him and enjoy all that he's made. And we're not ape-like, we're God-like. Such a different picture. And that's the picture we need to get hold of as we look here. God is sovereign. He made it all. It's his world. And he is to be worshipped by us. And we're to enjoy fellowship with him. If you want something else to do as a little exercise, 
why not turn to the last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22, and read them and see just how they connect to Genesis 1 and 2. And you'll see quite a few connections between the end of the Bible and the beginning of the Bible. There's lots of questions you could ask about Genesis 1 and 2. Feel free to ask your community group leaders. <laughs> Let them enjoy tackling the, some of the difficult questions that you may want to throw up. But it's a great passage, a great passage to start our readings together, our studies together. And so we're going to pray now and then we're going to close. And um, would somebody like to pray for us? Mike can unmute us. Would somebody like to close in prayer? Put your hand up if you'd like to close in prayer. Just one person. Come on. Oh, well done, David. David's going to close in prayer for us. Thanks, David. Heavenly Father, we, we do want to thank you that you focused our attention this morning on the beginning, on Genesis, on all that you did at the beginning, how you, the ultimate creator God, had the almighty power not just to create, but to conceive what the creation would be, and then to design it intricately, all the individual species of plants and animals. And we thank you, Father, that you also then created man and woman, completely different in your image, we thank you, Lord, for reminding us that none of the animals were created in your image. We were. Not that we look anything like you, because we don't know what you look like. You're invisible, but created in your image because we're capable of thinking and of worshipping and of loving just as you are. And we want to begin our day by thanking you for this thanking you that that is the kind of God you are, a wonderful God who can sit back after creating and say, yes, that is very good. So Lord, may we enjoy our day and may we be to each other what you designed us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.